WildTalkRadio.com. Theme song. Listen up, Slapknot. This is Jeff Jarrett. Hey, this is Trish Stratus. This is the undisputed future of WWE. Seth Rollins. Hey, this is Kane from WWE. This is TNA Superstar EC3. Hey, this is Gail Kim. This is WWE Superstar Natalia. Hi, this is Bree. And this is Nikki. And we're the Battle Twins. Yes, this is Broken, not Hardy. The greatest man that ever lived always likes a good rack. And you're listening to the greatest rack. Stratification is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning... The Rack. I heard y'all wanted to hear a bedtime story. I love kickball. I'm back, taking souls and digging holes. In this moment in time right now, this very second, I can truly say that I have the whole damn world in my hand. With your host. They've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Have I mentioned that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Ward. Look at me, woman. And you can just call me Taker. Oh my god, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my god, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and shoot you back. I like puppets. And her producer, Sir Rocket. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. This right here means I'm the champ that runs the camp. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. I knew you'd come. And this is going to be simply glorious. Right here on WildTalkRadio.com, brought to our friends over at Wrestling Figure Photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com/slash MBG1211. And if you're downloading this from WildTalkRadio.com, RockRadioShow.com, or while you found this through Gerwick.net, thank you so much for joining us. We're back. The producer is well again. In case you missed the show Thursday night, we had plague in this house, so the producer is well again. So we're back. We're here. Ready to talk fast lane, right, Rock? Boop boop, we're live. We're a live as well. Boop 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 boop. So yay for that. Yay for being healthy. Because you know that was some nasty stuff. That was some really nasty stuff. It kicked my ass. Yes, it did. <laughs> like I'm a night owl. I was in bed early. Yeah, he was falling asleep at like ten thirty at night. And that, I mean, it was just, it was it was bad. It, that, that's not me. Totally no, he was not in bed me. at like two. Yeah, I'm a night owl. As you can tell on Saturday nights for CB Radio. So, we're back. As we said, if you missed the show Thursday, we didn't do a full show. We just played the wonderful Michael Kingston interview, which you can go download at wildtalkradio.com and rackradioshow.com. You can go listen to it. It's awesome. We talk comics. We talk a whole bunch of other stuff. You don't want to miss it. So, Michael Kingston, go listen to that. But we told you guys, because Rock wasn't feeling good, we weren't going to do a whole show on Thursday. So, we've kind of had to split it up a little bit. We wanted to make sure that we talked about Fastlane, which happened this past Sunday at and only on the WWE Network and, well, pay-per-view, of course. But, you know, we didn't want to miss the opportunity to discuss it and wait till next Thursday to talk about it. So, we're going to do just a special little 
Fastlane only rack show where we can sit here and talk about it because we have we have things we have to discuss about this show, right? So you could basically say this is the rack extra? Maybe. The rack extra fastlane? Is there that a thing? Go. There you go. It's a it's now a thing. Hashtag it's a thing. We're officially a rack extra instead of the rack. So in typical rack extra form, we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, we are gonna talk all things fastlane. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to The Rack Extra right here on WildTalkRadio.com, and we'll be right back. The evolution of online sports entertainment begins again on Sunday nights when you step into the ring with Wrestle Talk Radio. Covering all the latest in the WWE, TNA, and the indie scene. Plus, providing you with the most comprehensive coverage of every WWE and TNA pay-per-view. Join Wrestle Talk Radio every Sunday night live only on the Wild Talk Radio Network. Every Monday night, get caught up with everything that happens on Monday Night Raw with the Raw Post Show. Suplex City, bitch! From the big returns... Maybe I have one more ass-kicking left in. I thought to myself, maybe I have one badass spear left in me. Then I thought to myself, maybe I have one last devastating jackhammer in me. So, Brock Lesnar, not only does that mean that you're next, but most importantly, it means, Brock Lesnar, you're last! To the shocking moment. First off, thank you so much for that. Yeah, what's up, Detroit? And the moments that leave you speechless. You know, Chris, if you're going to put something on that list, why don't you start with that terrible scarf of yours? I mean, while I'm looking at you, you can add those rinky-dink tattoos on there, your tacky little haircut, your creepy mustache, and how about those trunks, Sparkle Crotch? What? Sparkle Crotch. They're sparkly. Rhinestones all over the place. Sparkle Crotch. Go ahead, get it on the list, write it down. Sparkle Crotch. I'm going to say this one time. I am not Sparkle Crotch! It's the Raw Post Show, Monday nights, live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. Salutations, listeners. This is Christopher Daniels, and among many things, I am a pillar of society, an inspiration children everywhere, and the man with the rear that makes the girls cheer. And what I like to do on my off days is listen to the rap on Wild Talk Radio. And now, you are too. 
Extra right here on WildTalkRadio.com. Brought to you by our friends over at Wrestling Figure Photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com slash MBG1211. And a shout out to our fine friends over at Gerwick.net. And, well, RockRadioShow.com. Can't forget about that as well. So, well, we're back. We're here to talk Fastlane. And I don't even know what to say about this show. Other than it was painful. And we're generally positive. Like, we're really genuinely positive. This was hard. This is, was a really hard show. And I hate to say that because people tried really, really, really hard. And what brought this down is not their fault. And we're going to tell you what we did like because we don't want to sit here and just bash the crap out of it. But yeah, there, there was some issues with this. There were a lot of issues with this. And it was mostly from a booking standpoint. I need you to wait a second. Why? Just sit there and wait. And wait. Oh. And wait. And wait. And wait. And wait. That's what Sunday was. A lot of sitting there and waiting. Stalling. See what I did there? Oh, God. Yeah, there was an entire hour of filler. They did essentially a two-hour pay-per-view with an hour of filler. That's what this was. I mean, it was like, it was a it was a really, it wasn't even a good episode of Raw in terms of what it, equi- what it equated out to. No, it really, really wasn't a good three-hour Raw. It, hell, this show went past three hours from top to bottom when it didn't need to. No offense. We did not need to see, like, a 10-minute Cesaro gender Mahal match. Although it got Cesaro and Sheamus on the show. It did. It's like... But the match could have been been three minutes. It's like, why did it need to be singles matches? Why didn't you just do a tag match? Because Rusev and Jinder broke up. You could have had them break up after the tag match. But they broke up on Monday, and they were going their separate ways. So you could have finalized it in a tag match. I understand this. (laughs) I don't disagree. But this is what they did. I understand that, but again, tag match. Really easy. You just have gender walk out on Rusev or Rusev walk out on gender and boom, you're done. Everybody's happy. Yeah, but you had to get Big Show on the show as well. Oh, God. To be fair, the Big Show Rusev match was better than the gender Cesaro match. Yeah, it was. It really was. But Big Show did not need to choke slam at him three times and then knock him out in the corner. He was already dead. Yeah. He kind of was. Just, he just, really kind of was. Just throwing that out there. He was already dead. He was already dead. Yeah. It's like, what's that scene in, I think it's The Simpsons, you stop, stop, he's already dead. I think that's pretty much what that was. But, but on the upside to this, we did get Seamus coming out looking fine for a whole five seconds. And I was like, come on, sh- just send him back out. And just have him stand there and be pretty, and I'll feel so much better about this. But no, we did not get Seamus back out there. Which was tragic. Is this where I'm supposed to shed the tear for you? Yes. Alright. Yes. Taking my finger, drawing a tear down my, my, my cheek, okay. shed, shedding a tear for that moment for you. Thank you. We're, we're a team. Uh, I got your back. Thank you. <laughs> Alright, let's get into some of the, the show that sort of mattered. The pre-show had Rich Swan and Tozawa taking on Kendrick and Noam Dar with Alicia Fox. I said this on Sunday. I'll ask you this question. For a guy who's been in the company, what, six months, seven months? Is it something he does really what you consider vintage? No, but it's Michael Cole. Yep. And Rich Swan can't do the Phoenix Splash as good as, say, you know, Seth Rollins. Or Adrian Neville. Or Adrian Neville. 
But he, he, he tried it here, and it surfaced finish, and he just, he came up short, but he got some of it, and him and Tazello got the win. It was a fine little match. It did what it needed to do. I mean, I think they were just sort of, it's like they knew they were just out there to just be out there, so it's like it doesn't really matter, it doesn't drive anything. So it's like, okay, well, we're just going to go out there and do a thing and come back and it'll be fine. Because this was a pre-show match. This was a pre-show match that gets Swan the win because he was getting the title shot on Monday, which... Okay, let's talk about the Cruiserweight match and just you keep them together because that's how they should do things. Keep them all together so you don't keep changing ropes ten times. But that's how they like to do it. I know, I know, but it was Gallagher, Gallagher, Jack Gallagher, the gentleman Jack Gallagher taking on Neville. I mean, the match was okay. It was boring early. But yeah, you, I think you expected it to be a little bit more physical. It was slow, boring, comedic early. It just, it didn't click for me. It got good at the end. Uh, Neville hit the red arrow for the win. But we said this on Monday on the on the, on the Raw Post Show at 11.10pm Eastern. Where was the Swan-Neville match? It should have been on this show. It would have saved this show. Yeah. Yeah, it really would have. I mean, this, and that's no offense to Gallagher, but it's like Swan and Neville had a match that was ten times better, ten times better on Raw than what the, the Cruiserweight title match was on here. And that's just because I think Swan and Neville have a way better chemistry than Neville and Gallagher. Because they're, they're doing a comedic style with Gallagher, and it just sort of... Yeah, and that's fine, but you need to be able to have Gallagher flip a switch at some point and go from comedic to serious. Like, he, you know, comedy wrestlers are great in certain situations, but if you want them to have a title reign, it's like, or do a title shot, it's like, they should be able to flip the switch and go serious. Because it means something then. Like, you've had this really aggressive feud between Neville and Gallagher, and it's like, it's been a pretty decent build to the match, from what I remember. So it's like, okay, all right, you know, you've had Neville picking on Gallagher, and Gallagher sort of getting Neville back, and they've been exchanging words and everything like that. So it's like, all right, you know, cool. This should be something really amazing. And it just was like, you you just did the comedy spots. And it's like, don't do comedy spots in this. Or if you do it, do it once to, like, humiliate Neville and piss him off and have him go after Gallagher. You know what was not comedy? Hmm. Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn. Oh, God. Oh, God, poor Sami Zayn. Can we please stop using Sami Zayn as, like, the punching bag for WWE? Can we please stop that? They say no. They say no. Like, I feel... I know he was happy to do it for Joe, but you just feel so bad for him. Not that he didn't get off and sin, and not that he didn't look good, but it's just like, you just had Joe go out there and just kill him. I like that they made a point, the announcers did. This is one compliment for the announcers on the show. That was a big deal, Sammy, Sammy hit the, the blue thunderbomb. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a really strong point to hit in the match. But yeah, it was hard-hitting, aggressive... But Joe choked out Sami Zayn. I would have liked to have seen this where they were considered more evenly matched. And Sami actually had like a snowball's hell and hell and chance of winning. But that's not the case. But that's not the case. But I mean, for what this was, this was good. This was the opener. This was I the believe. opener. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't the, the opener. One thing I liked on the show was the creativity of the ultimate thrill ride commercial for WrestleMania. Okay, so I got up to get something to drink, and I came back, and this was on. And I typically watch the wrestling on mute, just because the announcers irritate me. So I had no idea this was on, so I came back, and it's like, it's this, like, going up a roller coaster kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, what is this? And I thought it was something for Fastlane. And then it's like, they start going down the roller coaster, and I start, you know, I'm seeing all these raw superstars. And then I start seeing, like, Bray Wyatt... 
and Luke Harper and AJ Styles and like all these different other people. I'm like, wait a minute, why are they on the Fastlane commercial? And then they're like, WrestleMania, the ultimate thrill ride. And it's like, oh, okay. That explains it. I really like the tagline, ultimate thrill ride. Mm-hmm. It's a very fitting tagline. We had Gallows and Anderson take on Enzo Amore and Big Cass for the Royal Tag Team titles. This match was solid. It worked over Enzo, you know, as they do. Cass got his hat. Cass got his hot dog and sort of went off from there. I thought it was okay. It was alright. I mean, it wasn't a barn burner, but you weren't really expecting it to be. No, no, you weren't. Uh, Anderson hit with a running kick on as Enzo was getting back in the ring. Enzo got his foot on the rope, but Gallows shoved it off so the referee didn't see it. Gallows and Anderson retained, which did lead to the rematch on Monday Night Raw, which was, you know, basically thrown out after the interference on Raw. This was a solid match. I get it. Kind of disappointed they didn't put the belts on Enzo and Cass, but WrestleMania is coming. Maybe that's when you do it, I guess. Enzo and Cass are always kind of, always the bridesmaid, never the bride when it comes to the NXT Tag Team Championship. Or I'm sorry, not even NXT, the WWE Championship. Any Tag Team Championship. Because did they ever win them in NXT? No, they made a point on the previous Raw saying they never won them. Yeah, because I remember they went for him like five or six times in NXT and never got them. And so it's like, are they going to do that again on the main roster building to when Enzo and Cass finally do win the titles? Because it's like, that would be really cool if they did that, where they've you know kept going for it and kept going for it and they finally get it. I say, I think we say this a lot about tag team. They're always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Because we said that for six, seven months with Gals and Anderson. They were always the bridesmaids, never the bride. Mm-hmm. So it was just one of those things. I don't know. It, We'll see what happens, but I think Enzo and Cass eventually get the belts. They have to. They have to, or they have to split them up, or they have to do something different with them. Because it's like, I love Enzo and Cass. I think they're funny, they're entertaining, but the shtick gets kind of old after a while. There needs to be more. There needs, they need to do more. Like, you need to have them go deeper. And it's like, honestly, I would almost rather see Cass be the singles wrestler and Enzo manages him. And like, you know, Enzo can get physical, but ultimately he is the manager. He's not a tag team partner. And you just have Cass kind of be the straight man, serious guy that can occasionally joke around with, with Enzo. I feel like that would work better than a tag team, but that's just me. Yeah, because splitting them off and neither of them together, that would that would be worse, the worst thing oh. possible for both guys. Yeah, that would be terrible. That would be awful. Please don't do that. Ever. Did you know Stephanie was stuck on a plane? I did! On a tarmac. I did. And she yelled at Foley a lot. Yes, she did. Which is just a typical Monday, or, or in this case, Sunday. So she wanted everything to go off without a hitch tonight. We had Nia Jackson, Sasha Banks. Nia messed around with Sasha for a while, tossed her around, tossed her around. Sasha was able to get the guillotine on. She put on a sleeper. She tried for the bank statement. Nia powered out. Multiple leg drops. Nia got cocky. Sasha escapes the Samoan drop with a roll-up, and out of a big surprise to me, Sasha Banks won this match. Yeah, the surprise finish of the night was this match, because I think everybody was expecting Nia Jax to go over, because it was, oh, well, Nia's undefeated. So, you know, of course she's going to go over. They're not going to break the streak at Fastlane. Surprise! You have Sasha win. So it's like, oh, okay, all right. Makes sense. Kind of. Kind of. So that's what we had there. So we mentioned the two other matches that took place in the three other matches that took place in the nine o'clock hour. Paul Heyman teased of his clients appearing his client appearing. Uh we had New Day in their ice cream cart. Okay. Alright. Biggie, you do not know where that thing has been. You do not know if it's sanitized. Please stop trying to make out with it. He's gonna 
He's going to get full on make out with it at some point. I mean, they were all licking it and everything. And it's like, you know, all right, you're excited about it. You're kind of rubbing on it. You're dancing with it. I draw the line at licking just because that's kind of the germaphobe in me. It's like, you don't know where that's been. Don't, don't lick that. I did like Biggie singing the Orton theme song though. Yeah. That, that was humorous. Biggie was acting a little drunk. So they have a cart and a, and a bike and it'll be a thing heading into WrestleMania. In a match that needed probably five, seven less minutes, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Oh my god, this match. Would you agree, if they took seven minutes out of this match, it would have been a fantastic match? Yes, I wholeheartedly agree about that. They went 15 minutes. Well, it's like you're sitting there, right? And you're watching it. And you know Roman is getting Taker at Mania. You know Roman eliminated Taker at Rumble. So you're sitting there watching the match, and it's, all, it's going on, and it's going on, and it's slow moving a little bit, and they're kind of stalling in it a little bit. And you're like, okay, so is Taker showing up? Because the way that this sort of worked was they did the cruiserweight match really before this. It was the, ma- some- it was the match before. It was the match before. So they would have taken down the lights. They would have been working on the ring. So it would have been really easy to sneak somebody like The Undertaker to ringside get him under the ring to go after Roman. So you have Strowman and Roman come out, they're doing the match, and it's going on, it's going on, and you're sitting there and you're like, okay, is Taker going to show up? Is he not going to show up? Because there were rumors he was supposed to be there, you know, and we all know how rumors are. So it's like, okay, is he coming or is he not coming? Because as the match went longer, you're like, okay, it seems like they're waiting for something that isn't coming. No, they were waiting for Cruiserweight Strowman to show up. He's beauty, he's grace, he'll punch you in your face. I guess. He'll squash you as you stand in place. <laughs> I can't top that, so I just continue. I mean, props to Braun for trying it. But it made no sense. In in the Strowman playbook, it made no sense. I get he was trying to do something to take down Roman Reigns, but he, you're a big guy. You should be able just to beat on Roman Reigns. That's just my opinion. I agree with that, but because you're you're building Roman for Mania, you're building Roman for Taker, you can't have Strowman completely squash Roman. You just can't. So it's like Roman does have to get some offense in, but Roman could have done just a little bit more to sell. No, I'm not, it's not even it's not even that. He could have just kept beating on him and Roman made the comeback. Strowman didn't need to go to top rope. They needed something to save that match, and honestly, that top rope move was what save that match. No, what saved the match was the running power of the slam through the table. Yeah, that too. <laughs> That's what did it. I mean, props to Strowman for trying something different. I can't fault the guy, because it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to do this. to prove that he's not just this big plotting, I'm going to punch you and beat you down into the ground guy. He wants to show his athleticism. He wants to show he's more than just a stereotype one-dimensional wrestler, which is fine. But it's just like, the move was super awkward, because <laughs> he's so big. It's like, yeah, that kind of, that that didn't work. That was a fail. I, I said this Sunday, if he did this move against the Big Show and it worked, that would have been the perfect callback to do it again on this match. He would have tied it all together. It just felt very out of place to me. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was really weird. It was really awkward. It's like, what? So, Rome Reigns is your winner. Foley tells Joe not to get involved in the main event. Women's title, <laughs> Bailey versus Charlotte. This was a great match. They never, you wouldn't expect anything less than a great match. No, but they never they never hit third or fourth gear, which they didn't need to because they weren't in a position to. But they were had a great, solid wrestling match. Um, you knew Charlotte was going to do something stupid, and it was building the entire time, so she just goes up to the top. Looks like she's going for a moonsault. Sasha comes out, um, and that 
should have been disqualification as she got in the ring and they fought a little, but I guess Charlotte brought her in, so it wasn't a DQ. We had the Bailey the Belly on the outside, and then a small package holding tights, and another Bailey the Belly. Bailey is your winner. So the streak's over. Just like that. Although Charlotte is contesting it because technically it should have been a DQ, even though Foley's not going to fix it. Foley won't fix it. It's already over with. She's getting her rematch at WrestleMania. Shocker. And Sasha's going to be involved, too. Yes, Sasha will be involved, too. And then we took it to the main event. Oh, God. Kevin Owen versus Bill Goldberg for the WWE Universal Championship. Me slowing that down was still shorter than this whole match. Not by much, by like seven seconds. The Twitter war was better than the match. I mean, I get it's Goldberg, and I know a lot of people are either really excited about this or really pissed off about this. I'm not either of those people. What kind of I struggle with in wrestling, especially for this time of year, is you have these guys that want to come back and they, you know, they've retired, they've sort of moved on, they've settled down, they've had kids. They want their kids to be able to see them wrestle. I don't take that away from anybody at all. You know, that's a family bonding moment and you absolutely should 100% have that. But it's like, come back, do your one match, and that's it. Like, titles shouldn't be changing hands. You shouldn't be hand being handed a title simply because you decided you wanted to come back so your kid could see you wrestle. It's like, because that's really, to me, that is really unfair to everybody on the roster. Even though we all pretty much figured that Kevin was going to lose the title to Goldberg, like, when this got announced... Is that was really plain as day. It's like still, and the way that they did it was fine. You had Jericho come back and screw Owens out of the title, which of course is going to lead to Jericho versus Owens for the for the U.S. title. But still, it's like this win for Goldberg means absolutely nothing. You took it off of Owens for essentially three weeks, four weeks, something like that, and you're going to have Lesnar take it off of Goldberg at Mania. I mean, that's pretty much set in stone at this point. That's where they're going with it. So you now you have Goldberg take it off of Owens. He's going to really have kind of a worthless reign. It's like if you're going to give it to Goldberg, make it mean something. Because as it stands right now, it doesn't mean a thing. It's a complete waste. You might as well have just gone from, like, just left Goldberg out and gone from Owens to, you know, Lesnar. And had Owens face Lesnar instead of Goldberg. Because I know he's a box office draw. I know he's the, the lure for Mania. Like, I get all that. It's a business. They're in it to make money. You know, I understand all that. But just from a fan perspective, it's like, this is such a waste. This is really such a waste. Because you had Kevin take that title at SummerSlam, essentially, night after, and just run with it. And he's been running with it since SummerSlam and doing a damn good job of it. And he'll get it back. There's no argument that he won't get it back. But it's just like, you know... Is it really 100% necessary that Goldberg get that title? Is it really 100% necessary that you did it the way that you did it? It's like, why couldn't you have given it? It's like, if you're, again, if you're going to do it, why didn't you do it back at Rumble? Why didn't you do it back at, what, when did he come back? Survivor Series? Yes. Why didn't you do it then? And have Goldberg hold the title the entire time? Could have did it at TLC. Could have, you, you've had plenty of other opportunities to do it. Other than at Fastlane. And actually made it mean something and make it worth something. But instead, it's just like, it's a crap run. It's it it's kind of hurts the title. Just a little bit because it's like, oh, it, this this run doesn't mean anything. He's a paper champion. That's all he is. And everybody knows it. 20, I just feel, go ahead. I just feel like if you're going to do something like this, maybe you should make it more impactful? I don't know. I don't disagree with that. 21.93 seconds. 
Spear, Jackhammer, new champion, Goldberg. And that was the show. And the fact that they stalled past 11 for a 21 point whatever second match was beyond irritating. Because we're all sitting here, right? Everybody's sitting there, Rock and I are sitting here talking, and we're watching it, and it's like, and I called my shot. It's like, this is going to go over. This is because they've done so much stalling that they have stalled for this to go past 11 for them to do the match. And sure enough, you have Goldberg and, and Owens out there stalling long enough until they're past 11, like five minutes past 11, which isn't much, but still, you're sitting, when you have to go to bed to go to work the next day, you're like, good lord, just get it over with. Props to Kevin Owens for being a fantastic heel. Oh, God, he's amazing. And his stalling tactics got over. I mean, this is the nicest way possible, but Kevin, you are a class A dick. Well done. Overall, I went 4 and 4. 8 Ball went 4 and 4. Video Game went 5 and 3. You went 5 and 3. Hmm, go figure. I had the club. Uh, you had the club. I had End Zone Cass. Oh, okay. Because I went with my team and not with the club. So that's how that went. In. Uh, pick them. But that's it, right? I think we're done? Well, I mean, overall, I just want to say a little bit more before we're done. Go ahead. Because ahead. we can. Um, I mean, overall, this was a decent show. There was just a lot of stalling that made it really, really difficult to watch. Like, the first hour is really good. Because you had a really good series of matches. Where it's like, okay, yeah, this is fun. This is interesting. And then you get to the second hour. And the second hour is just Crap. Just an hour of crap. And then the third hour is more until you get to the main event. Or really until you get to the women's match. And then it's just like, ugh. Because by then you've already sat through an hour of just straight up stalling. And and so you're just like, come on. Just get it over with. Please just get it over with. Especially when they went to the overrun. So I mean, overall it wasn't a bad show. It just wasn't a necessarily good show. Especially considering the fact of what SmackDown did right before Fastlane. Where they kicked off the Orton Wyatt storyline. And it's like, everything SmackDown did after Fastlane was better than Fastlane. So I don't know who's booking SmackDown, but well done. But yeah, this just this this was just okay. Which... With Mania approaching, I'm not surprised, but it's like y'all could have maybe done a little better. Just a little. Could have been a little bit more exciting. I don't know. And that's all the time we have. I have nothing else to add, so... Okay. All right. So, plugs? Oh, I get to do my plugs again? Well, you're well enough to. And you said I was never allowed to do them again after Thursday, so proceed. Every Saturday night is at CB Radio, the weird, the wacky, the unusual. By the time you are listening to this, you can check out... This week's Greater Than Great Debate, Sega Video Games, who came out on top, will tell you. Check out CBRadioLive.com. Sunday nights, it's Russell Talk Radio, 10 p.m. Eastern. Monday nights, it's Raw Post Show, 11, 10 p.m. Eastern. So we'll recap everything that goes down on Monday Night Raw. Tuesday nights, 11, 30 p.m. Eastern, at twitch.tv slash rockradioshow is WTR Sims, where the WTR Network personalities jump into the virtual realm as we gear up to WTR Mania. And Thursday nights, it is the Rack, 10 p.m. Eastern, live at wildtalkradio.com, rackradioshow.com. You can follow the show on Twitter, at rackradioshow, facebook.com, slash rackradioshow. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you, you can find us, it is... Rack Radio Show. Check out the YouTube channel for daily content, which now includes some UFC 2 content because the game was cheap and I bought it, so there'll be some video game content up there. Currently, you can see in knockout mode Conor McGregor knockout CM Punk. Available now. YouTube.com slash Rack Radio Show. 
I'm at Wild Talk Radio and Facebook.com slash Wild Talk Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Lensward, L-A-N-S-W-R-D. You can go to my website, psychwarddesigns.com. If you like my artwork, if you'd like to view my artwork, it's available for your viewing pleasure at behance.net slash lensward, same as the Twitter. And don't forget to check out our amazing sponsors, Wrestling Figure Photography. Follow the journey today at instagram.com slash mbg1211 and gerwick.net. So for Rock, I'm Lindsay Ward. You've been listening to Rack Extra right here on wildtalkradio.com, and we will be back next week. With the rack. Till then, bye. I'm flashy dancing, little bro. I'm swagging on the whole show.